0: Thanks for joining us for the Westbridge Church podcast. More information about Westbridge Church is available at westbridgedanville.com. Here's this week's message from Pastor John McDougall. Good morning, church family. Thanks for being here today. This is one of my favorite days of the year. I, I think the just focus of gathering in here for one purpose. And as I was thinking about this time together, really, this is like we're coming into the locker room, when we leave this place, we go out onto the the playing field to really just live a life of worship, and live overflowing Thanksgiving this coming week, and so this time together is just really to ready our hearts for that, fix our eyes on our Lord, and remember again, that the good news we celebrate, as good as that feast is going to be on Thursday, it can't touch the sweetness of the good news that we gather to celebrate each Sunday, which is Jesus Christ is alive. Hope lives. Amen. Jesus came to die for our sin. He rose from the dead, and today he lives, and the gates of heaven, the doors of heaven are open to those who come to him in faith, and this eternal life that he promised isn't just a then and there, but it's a here and now where he said, walk with me. Experience this life with me. He's given us his spirit that Romans 8 says, the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace, joy. Here, now, we get to live in this. (laughs) And what a gift. And so we gather to praise God for that, celebrate that, to thank him, and then just to stoke our soul, the fires of gratitude, to spend this week thanking him as well. And as we get this started, I just want to say, publicly, thank the Lord publicly for you and for each person who God has brought to our church family. This week we sent out a letter just previewing this, this day and then this coming week and so every team member of this church family, I signed my name and then looked at each, each of you and I was praying as I was going through that list, thanking the Lord for you and I had to stop Numerous times and just have a, a worship moment. Just like, Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you for the team that you're assembling. 99.9% of you are pulling on the rope. And I, I, I would go through several, get like half a dozen of your names, and I'd be like, you could start a church with, that six, with those six families. Next six, you could start a church with those six families. You could start, and then realizing God brought us together to do something for his glory to be a blessing here in this community so thank you thank you thank you for for being a part and the part that that you're playing and then also this is the day that we uh we just want to pause as a church family and and thank the lord for the staff that he's brought to us our prayer is lord would you bring to us a staff a ministry staff that number one loves you with with all their heart is loving each other but they're humble they're hungry they're hardworking. They're uh, and they're fun, and this team up here—the picture illustrates it. <laughs> they are fun, but they're also such a gift to us. And I'll, I'll start with our facility care team, who oversees our, our campus. Um, really, it's the ministry of first impressions. Studies say that within the first eight minutes, a guest, our guest, will decide: yeah, I like it, don't like it, based on just the environment. And sometimes it's bathrooms, whatever. And this team manages those first impressions and the hospitality of of Christ. And I'm so thankful for Tammy Eilers, 18 years. She's been cleaning up our messes with a smile and with the love of Christ. Uh, Kelly Fox, six years. Kelly and John are being called out to Arizona, which is a sad thing. We're not going to talk sad today. That's This is a happy day, but we'll talk about that as that gets a little closer, but so thankful for her. Lori Hall has been with us one year. Tammy Grunlock is our most recent first-round draft pick under the cleaning team, but uh, so thankful for for this team. Dave Greeson is our facility manager. He's the guy with the beard. You never see Dave. He's in the shadows, but he also um, runs a coffee business, provides our coffee on Sunday mornings and sweet tea, but goes above and beyond to keep our facilities going. Nine years he's been fixing things. How many fixes is that? Plumbing fixes in the middle of the night for us. And then we would be in massive trouble without our administrative team. And those, the ladies on this team are, it's a dream team. Abby Bickle, six years she's been serving with us, gifted administrator, providing support for student ministries. But every other ministry, she's ready to help out. And she's been helping in a big way with our small group ministry as well as sports ministries and our overall communications. And she's a fun factor in our office. And then Marcy Welty, four years she's been on our team. And and what a gift, invaluable administrative support, but also just encouragement that Marcy brings to the whole staff and church family. And sometimes I wonder how Marcy gets anything done because you can tell when someone's going through a hard time, they're talking to her. and, And she just always has time to listen and and to be an encouragement. And then Valerie Christensen, she loves crunching numbers for the glory of God. And can she crunch them? She's our gifted accountant, but uh, gives up of her time to, to serve our church. And then Joan Harrell is a saint. Joan, has, for the past four years, has come in every Wednesday to serve as a volunteer. And she does whatever needs to be done. She basically ran IPS school. So gifted administrator educator, but just giving of her time freely to us, and so, so appreciate her. Under our pastoral teams, I'm so grateful for our staff pastor. Seth Baker has been with us five years, children's ministry pastor, and Seth, in this past year, I've seen him pushing his leadership to the next level, and it's been really neat watching him go and grow and excited for where God's going to take him, take our, our, uh, our kids ministry through Seth and his team. One thing about Seth that continues to, to jump out to me, he loves, loves our kids and families, but he's one of the most humble guys I've ever met, and um, he will not self-promote at all, but he is constantly serving and really appreciate Seth's heart, his love, pure love for the Lord and, and for others. Wes and Janae have been with us for three years and are such a gift to our church family. As Wes oversees our worship ministries as well as... Uh, several outreach ministries, sports ministries, and then Janae serves in a variety all over our church family. But Wes's passion is, is not just to come and perform, but rather to equip us to live a life of worship as we go throughout our, our life, our, our week, and so appreciate not just him sharing his gifts, but the heart with which he shares them. And then Tyson and Shelley have been with us for nine years and um, what a gift they are to our team. Just this week, I was thinking, everything Tyson touches, if he, if you say, hey, Tyson, would you jump on this team and help lead it? It turns to gold. Everything he touches, it just, turn, it just goes. It just works. And I was thanking the Lord for his willingness to be a part of our team. And this past year has been exciting, but also a challenge as they've had to really um, hand off student ministries. And I was thinking about it. It's kind of like, Sending 80 of your loved students off to college. That weird feeling we get as parents where, man, it's, it's what you've been praying for. It's a great day, but it kills you at the same time. <laughs> it's kind of what they've been feeling in their heart. And they've transitioned with grace and love and handing off to, to Jake and, and Ellie and so appreciate their ministry. One of the, Tyson's, over, he's the staff pastor of ministry operations, oversees a lot of, works with a lot of things. One of the th- small groups, primarily, but he's also helping with the preaching load, which has allowed me to do some things like last week, be with our missionaries in Arizona for three days, and just um, I would not have, have had opportunity to do that, teach back and Connect 101 last week, and some other things that allow me to do administration and, and uh, pastoral uh, care and what have you. So thankful for, for Tyson and Shelley, and then Jake and Ellie. We pray, had been praying for this couple for two years, not knowing who they were. Lord, would you provide, and when the Lord literally sent Jake and Ellie into our community, and it was above and beyond even what we had been praying for, and uniquely gifted, and um, bringing some energy and love, and it's been so neat to see them jump in and um, appreciate their ministry with our high school students and and with our church family, and then anytime I'm thanking team, I, i one person comes to mind that I must um, tell you about, because she never, you see me, but, but the, the real team on our team is my wife, Tam. And I was just praising God for her life and her ministry. And I was thinking back to, she came to Christ in this church and began following him here, was baptized here. God took her through some just incredible fiery trials. Her family blew up. She um, had cancer as, as uh, just coming out of college and some other things that, that uh, it's like, wow, what she's gone through, and yet God through those times has refined her faith. She went to Cedarville and, and received a, a minor in Bible and um, worked as a camp counselor there at Twin Lakes and discipled young ladies. Went down to Dallas with me. She was mentored by a professor's wife. For the time she was there at Cedarville, just understanding how to be a pastor's wife, but also learning how to disciple, and she went on in Dallas. Um, She uh, took classes there as well, and then for 20 years has been involved in um, women's ministry, leading small groups, and she, uh, this past summer, I kept saying, babe, you don't have to work this hard, but she's a teacher, a gift for counseling, but or passion for counseling, but, but a passion also for women's ministries. And she didn't spend hours or days, she spent weeks pouring into our women's ministry. Today, we have more women in Bible studies than we've ever had. We have more women being discipled in mentoring relationships than we've ever had as a church family. And no one will know this, but, but Tam and the team that she's working with and, and uh, leading have been a part of this. I just want to thank the Lord for her and our whole ministry staff. And so would you join me? Thanking the Lord. And then I want to thank you as a member of the staff. Often we remember that and remind ourselves the only way that we can give our 50 plus hours a week to serving the Lord and serving you is because of your generosity. And our ministry, when you give to our ministry budget, we, uh that's, that's how we're here, and so we appreciate that. This past year, we raised our ministry budget in an aggressive way because we added one full, full-time staff person, but also we added a $110,000 house payment for our loan, and that was, that was huge, and we did that with some fear and, and trepidation, but you have been giving, and we've been meeting our budget, our ministry budget, and just want to thank you for your Generosity and and your uh, your faithfulness and giving. All right, well, our mission as a church family is clear: it's to to help one another become fully devoted followers of Christ. And so, this ministry year, we started with the big initiative of Lord, would you make us a blessing? God has blessed us so that we might go out and be a blessing, and it has been so neat to watch this happening. Watch this happen as we um, set out to share what God has given us. But two steps into it, we we realize our capacity to go bless, to be a blessing to those around us, really hinges on the health of our heart, that we would have a a heart that is pure like the heart of Christ, a heart that's um, beating with a pure love for God and a pure love for those around us. So we began to pray that prayer, Lord, would you create in us a pure heart? And we're at the end of this series, but one of the, today what we're going to, focus on is, and the, our prayer will be, Lord, would you create in us a heart that beats with pure generosity? And as we've been going through this series, I've noticed my inner commentator has started to, to pick up on this idea so that when I'm uh, take in the realm of golf, I've been trying to, to master the game of golf this year, this summer, which I know will never happen, but um, I was playing with my nephew, Lake, and I saw him hit the golf ball, take a swing at that ball, and everything, his body, his, the, the, the club, psh, shot was beautiful. He hit the ball the way I've been trying to hit it all summer, and I found myself thinking, that was pure. When I saw a yeah, linebacker on the football field take a bead on the running back, fight off some blockers, and then pop, hit that guy, just fo- everything in him, that was pure. When I saw a, uh, just a ferocious hit coming at a, a, the back row on a volleyball court and De- Mallo- Mallory Delamarto with a, 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 a sweet pass up to the great set, up to a big hit, up to a score, that was pure. The team just doing what they were hoping to do. The uh, pure is, is, when we think about this idea of pure, it's purity is without contaminants. Something is pure when it is what it was created to be, and there's no contaminants. We we talked about pure being to want one thing. A a pure heart is a heart that's undivided in its devotion. It's not pulled over here, pulled over there. So take it into the realm of love. And what does pure love look like? And I I saw, not recently, but some time ago, a young man invite friends and family to the Indianapolis Zoo to propose to the girl of his dreams. And this girl loved elephants. And would you believe this young man set it up so I had no idea this even existed, the elephant would paint a picture for the girl while she's sitting there with, the, with his trunk. And then this young man, Jake Perry, played a love song on his guitar for Ellie. And we all said, ah, uh, pure, right? <laughs> That's what love does. And then as we come to our times of worship, and in the realm that matters most, we see our Lord take our sin upon Himself and go to the cross for us. It's pure. And the question that comes to mind is, how do we live with a love and with a pure a heart that beats with pure generosity such that when there's an opportunity that comes our way for us to share what God has given us, maybe even in a, an extravagant way, that we, we hit that moment with everything we've got for the glory of God? Is that possible? And that's where we're going today. How can we live? How do we live with the heart that beats with pure generosity. Greed is like the cholesterol of our soul, isn't it? I mean, it's always there. And it's always threatening to clog the veins of our generosity to keep us from, from being freely generous, from, from living a life that beats with pure generosity. I was back in uh, Connect 101 last week and sharing a bit of my faith story. And I, a moment came to my mind, which is probably one of my big, big regrets in life biggest regrets in life, that I shared with them. And it it was, greed had a grip on my soul with my time. And it was in college, I received a call when, it was summertime, and it was the dean of students from the college, like, "Uh uh-oh, what did I do? And I'm worried about what he's about to say, and he said, actually, I'm letting you know of an opportunity, we have a student coming from Honduras who's paralyzed from the waist down, and we were wondering if you would be willing to be his roommate this year at school, and you could help him with the stuff he needs, you know, to just do life, but also go to his, the meals with him, and, and do all this stuff, his name is Pablo, I was like, whoa, didn't see that coming, hung up the phone, and I thought, oh, I'm a, I was at that time a radically scheduled person, and I thought, this is going to completely blow up my schedule, I don't think I'm ready for this, and so I called back, said, I'll help, but I can't do it all, so I'll, I'll take, could I do the, his laundry, and meet with him a couple meals throughout the week, said, yeah, we can do that. Well, this winter, as I was hobbling around on one, one leg, and a specific moment, in our, sat down on our bed, and I thought about Pablo. And I thought, man, here this guy was coming from another country with no legs to try to do school. And God gave me the opportunity to be the hands and feet of Christ to him, and I missed it. And I just prayed right there, Lord, would you help me the next time you tee one up like that for me, not to miss it. Help me to crush that thing for your glory. And I know that's your heart as well. The reason you're here today is you desire to have a heart that beats like Christ. I know that. And so our goal today is that we would be equipped from God's word not to miss those opportunities, but rather seize them and, and live them out for his glory. So how do we do this? Well, we'll we'll, uh, pick up where Pastor Tyson left off last week. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 we covered last week. This week we're going to pick it up at 2 Corinthians chapter 9. This is a letter written to some first century Jesus followers. Remember the context was there was a church in Jerusalem that was going through a famine. So Paul was sending out this letter to get um, some other churches ready to give an offering to help the people who were suffering over in Jerusalem. And so he's, he's getting them ready for this. And in this, the middle of this chapter, now we're reading someone else's mail. The first part of the chapter is kind of to them. But the the middle of this letter, there's some timeless truth that will equip us to, to live with a heart that beats with pure generosity. So the first five verses set the context. Paul says, there is no need for me to write to you about this service to the Lord's people, for I know your eagerness to help. And I've been boasting about it to the Macedonians, telling them that since last year, Um, you and Achaia were ready to give, and your enthusiasm has stirred most of them into action. So, like, I don't even need to write this. Um, Your enthusiasm has fired everybody else up to help out with this need that's in Jerusalem. But verse 3 says, But I am sending brothers, in order that our boasting about you in this matter should not prove hollow, but that you would be ready to give as I said you would. Now, some time has passed. And what happens to enthusiasm? It fades, right? And Paul's like, "Uh uh-oh. You made a... These, this church made a commitment a year ago. I, I was thinking about our Love Makes Room commitment. We made three years ago. And by the way, thank you for, for keeping your commitment. Um, we're on track to, to hit it. But I know personally that the commitment we made three years ago, you start, you, enthusiasm can fade on it, right? And we have to keep stoking it. So that's what Paul's doing, stoking their enthusiasm, sending the brothers in order that are boasting about you in this matter should not prove hollow, but that you would be ready to give as you said you would. For if any Macedonians come with me and find you unprepared, we, not to say anything about you, would would be ashamed of having been so confident. So I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to visit you in advance and to finish the arrangements for the generous gift you had promised. Then it will be ready as a generous gift and not one that's grudgingly given. So that's the context. Now we come to the big quick question. How do we develop a heart that beats with pure generosity? Here it comes. Here it comes, verse 6. Paul says, remember this. Or literally, I'm pointing to this truth to help you live with a generous heart versus a grudging heart when it comes to meeting the needs of those around you. Remember this. Don't forget this. You know that file in your mind that that has your phone number and your email address and your home address? Stick this truth into that file. Don't forget this. It will prepare you to live with a generous heart versus a heart that's grudgingly grudgingly gives. So what is it we're to remember? And here it comes, five guidelines that that will help us live with a a generous heart. The first one is there in verse six. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Guideline number one, give expectantly, like a farmer planting seeds. This is farming 101, isn't it? You, you plant a lot, you reap a lot. Plant a little, reap a little. And as we give to the Lord, we're giving, or here he's saying, see your giving as planting seeds that will bear a harvest. Isn't that a neat way to see? And that's why we give, that it would bear a harvest for the glory of God. Lives would be changed. Praise would happen as a result of our giving. So I googled our primary crop around here, corns and beans. So I googled, how many seeds does one kernel of corn, one seed of corn produce? And so check me if I'm wrong, Doug. But uh, usually it's two ears of corn, which average between 800 and 1,500 kernels of corn. One seed. When a farmer plants, when Mike Moore goes and plants that one seed, He's expecting two thousand seeds to come from that. Isn't that an awesome picture of just the abundance that, that God creates out of out of a seed? And using this in, in, in the framework of our giving. So, what, what's the, the the clear takeaway? Plant lots of seeds, and as we plant them, plant them. Um, we're thinking, give expectantly. We're, we're expecting a harvest. Second guideline in verse seven is this. He says, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. The key word there is decided. And this guideline is give thoughtfully. It's your decision. Back in the day when Israel was under the old covenant, God told them specifically what they should give, and it was right up there around 25 percent of their income. Today, he doesn't. We're in a new day. We're not under the law of Moses. We're under the law of Christ with the command, love each other as I've loved you. So his love is to be our ethic and our guide for our giving. We call this grace giving. And so um, we are, he leaves it up to us to decide what we give back to him. And so we give thoughtfully. We're to be wise as we do this. We're to be informed by the word of God. And there's, there's biblical principles throughout the word of God led by his spirit within us. And then fueled by his love, we give thoughtfully. My mind immediately runs to the day that uh, I was, and I think I've shared this story before. Raking leaves with Chad in Wisconsin at the time. He was about five. And our neighbor, Mr. Nelson, had bad knees and real steep hill there. So we raked his hill. He comes walking out the back door with a 20, trying to give it to him. I said, no. He said, no, take it, give it to your son. Put it in his college. all right. So I gave it to Chad. And I thought, well, this is a teachable moment. So I started to explain Chad. This is how what we do with money when it comes our way. When God gives us the ability to be useful, do something useful that people would see valuable enough to pay us for. He gave us the strength to do this. He, he gave us, let us live in this house next to Mr. Nelson. He even gave us the idea to do this for him. So we give the first, as a family, our starting point is a tithe. We give the first 10% back to the Lord. So that would be $2. We give that back to the Lord. And that goes back to his work and his church, and his, where, where do we give? Where it's priority giving is the body of Christ on earth is his church, so we give that to him. So I said, so Chad, that's, here you go. And he said, well, I want to give it all. And he gave me, the, gave me back, he, I want to give God everything. I was like I love that heart. Then we went back and said, okay, God gave us this money, and he wants you to, to actually steward it for him down here. So that doesn't mean just giving it all. It means that you have to manage Life with the rest of it. So you save a little bit for your bouncy balls that you get at Kroger's that you used to love getting out of the machines. I mean, don't save, save for your bike and then you you can spend some, you know, on your joys. And God is glorified as we we spend our money for him and, and enjoy the things that he's given us. We save responsibly, we spend wisely and we give generously. But this is where the tension arises, isn't it, for us? Like, how much, God, do you want me to give to you? out of what you've given to me. Well, I, I can say something with great authority right here, okay? How much does the Lord want you to give? I'm about to tell you. Ready? You can write, pull out a pen, write this down. I can, the Lord, h- how much does the Lord want you to give? You ready? I don't know. <laughs> right? It's up to you. In this this dispensation, he's, he's left that up to you. And so, The little phrase that's helped me with stewarding is the tension is good. There's a tension when God gives us anything. This is our time, abilities, season of life, the money that he gives us. There's a tension when we say, okay, Lord, how how much of this do you want me to give And How do you want me to give it? Where do you want me to give it? And we live in that tension. When the tension is gone, that's when we're in trouble. So it's good to, to live in that tension and just live surrendered to him, but, uh, but ready to give whatever he, he nudges us to give. Right now I can hear 101 questions rushing to our minds. What about this situation? What about that? Small group leaders, this is a great question to, to throw out in your small group this week. And just bring your questions th- about the logistics and how you've worked them out through the, the principles found in the word of God. My big question would be this. I'm not worried about, is God gonna provide for my needs? I know he will. But what about the times that I waste what he provided? Will he bail me out of my stupidity? I don't know. What would a good father do? If, a good, if, if you keep giving your son money and he keeps blowing it, are you going to bail him out if you're a father? At some point, probably not. But that's a, what a great small group question, right? <laughs> so, uh, so good news also is in four weeks, December 16th, we're going to do a, a course on... Uh, finances. Pastor Tyson's going to do, it's a one-day seminar. Tyson's going to be answering a lot of these questions, and maybe even that one can tackle at that time. On to the third guideline. So we, uh, verse 7, second part of verse 7 reads this way. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And the third guideline is to give cheerfully. For this we know about God, and here um, what does God desire? It's that we would come giving with a heart full of gratitude and joy for what he's given to us. God loves a cheerful giver. And so the truth, this truth moves us to, to check our hearts as we come to give, to give cheerfully, to give um, joyfully for all that he's given us. And you may be thinking, okay, John, how do I get there? A great practice is three places to visit. One is to go back to the cross and just remember what God gave us in Christ. And then another place to go are the promises that God's given us, his promise of his presence, of his provision. And then to look ahead and think about what he's preparing for us and home. And it it frees our, our hearts up to give, but also fills us with joy so that our giving flows out of joy for what God has done for us, is doing, and and will do. And then the next guideline is found in the uh, verses 8 and following. As it says, verse 8, And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Verse 10, he, now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Verse 11, you will be rich, enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And so the, the fourth guideline is to give generously. Knowing we have been abundantly blessed so that we might be abundantly generous. Here God is reminding us that the supply side of the equation is not a problem for him. And don't you love the verse there that, um, I was thinking if there's one verse that we could take with us this week, verse 8 would be it, and God is able to bless you abundantly. But what's the purpose of the blessing? And for the follower of Christ, and as we live with a heart that beats with pure generosity, this is the transformation that starts to happen. God blesses us abundantly so that we might, and don't you love the word that, you see the word that happens three times in in what follows? So that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound, you will be abundant in every good work. And then I love the way verse 11 says that you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. This spring, I was uh, this truth just lit up in my soul. God's heart of abundance and the way he blesses us abundantly is being shouted in creation. And do you remember in May, June when the cottonwood trees were blooming around here? And I don't know what was going on with our ecology, but it seemed like it was snowing cottonwood there for a couple weeks. Remember that? And I'm trying to blow it off of our property, and it's filling up in the yard. And, and I finally sat down on the back porch, and just wa- I was watching cottonwood just flow. And the Lord whispered to me, John, this is what I do. This is my creation. More than enough. Seeds and seeds and seeds and seeds coming from one seed. This is what I do. And I, I always think about our mission of planting seeds of truth and love and how that will bear fruit. And what God's doing here in our creation, he's doing spiritually in us and through us. And we get to be a part of it. But it happens as we live with hearts that beat with pure generosity so that as he gives us our, the blessings that he gives us, we're not grabbing on them. him. We're just planting seeds, sharing what he's given to us. And then, verse 11, the fifth, fifth guideline wraps it all up. And this is where we land as we move into this Thanksgiving week. It says, You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. The end goal of our generosity is God's glory. And the fifth guideline there is that we give for His glory. As we pursue a heart that beats with pure generosity, with that mindset, Lord, would you be praised as a result of giving me this capacity to share generously with those around me. And so as we give this Thanksgiving offering, I just love this picture of these six projects that we're doing, but every one of them, an incredible possibility of bringing praise to God as lives are changed, as hurting people are helped, as the gospel is planted all over the world, at church plant in Quebec, we get to be a part of that, and our hope and our prayer and our joy is, Lord, would you be praised through our generosity today. Isn't that awesome? How it all comes together, and that's the goal. So the igniting vision, what if this coming week, even today, but especially this coming week and And as we move forward this year to to go be a blessing, when God gives us the opportunity, he pours out his blessing on us, we respond with a heart that's beating with pure generosity. Do you remember that boy on the hillside that one day? Ordinary day, ordinary little boy, packed a lunch, hungry. Little boys, middle of the day, you're hungry. When a guy comes to him and says, hey, can I have your lunch? What do you say if somebody asks you that? Kids, lunch table, somebody comes asking for your lunch, what do you say? You can have the peas, right? Or you can have the, uh, I'll share half of it with you. That's generous. But what did this little boy say? He gave it all. Pure generosity. And when he gave his lunch into the hands of the creator, what happened? It multiplied to feed thousands of hungry people. And that story goes on and on and on. And is going on today through you and through me for the glory of God. And so we give expectantly, thoughtfully, cheerfully, generously all for his glory. And today we have a, a pure generosity story that's playing out in real time. Rich and Sherry Smith, it is so good to see you guys. And would you welcome them as they come on up? The Lord nudged them some time ago to, uh, and if you could grab a mic on your way, thank you, to uh, give their lives to taking the gospel to Guatemala, and you as a church family got behind them, and last year this time, because of your generosity, saw them head that way. I think, it, I think it's good, but... uh So good to see you. ¿Cómo estás? Mi amigo. (laughs) Gracias. (laughs) I haven't haven't seen these guys yet. So, yeah, that's the first thing we want to know. How's the Espanol? It's coming along. Can you give us like... Sherry's
1: Sherry's better than I
0: am. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But, yeah, just to hear stories uh, or or just illustrations of God's abundant blessing on you that has allowed you to be a blessing. Um, What's been happening?
1: Well, first, we wanted to... um say we're thankful to be here. It is um, so good to first have a home-sending church like this one. We've mentioned it, I think, the last time we were here, how unique our church is here, and it really is. Um, So we don't take that for granted. We pray for our church. We pray for the leaders here by name um, every week. And um, we love our church, and we're thankful. I want to say that um, God has provided for us in ways that we could have never imagined. We went um, last year with some fear and trepidation, to be honest. I mean, it's hard leaving uh, careers, home, family, church, everything that you know, and, and truly believing that God is going to provide and that he is going to be faithful. And we're here to say he absolutely is, in every single regard. And um, it's been an incredible year, or just a little bit over. Um, we could stand here all day long, literally, and just talk about his faithfulness and how he's come through so many stories. Um, but um, we wanted to talk specifically today about giving, um, and we've got a few pictures of um, really few pictures but we wanted to um, capture if you would um, progress the slide so normal life in guatemala is they've got how many volcanoes
2: 37 volcanoes
1: 37 volcanoes and a number of them are active and this is um, that previous slide was a normal day and we climbed a volcano and um And then this was June, an abnormal day. Um, Huge eruption, several thousand people killed when they were buried by um, hot ash and a liquid um, um, called Lar. And it rushed down the the volcano side at about 60 miles an hour and wiped out entire villages and families. Um, I mean, horrendous, Um, about 1,800 degrees Fahrenheit. And, and just swallowed everything up. It's about 10 miles from our house. Our um, villages that had been there for generations. So, um, you know, just they were used to eruptions every 15, 20 minutes, but they were always just little things. And the side of the volcano blew out and changed everything. Um, it created a, a nightmare for the government um, because they have no money. Um, they, the president came out that day and said, there's no money for anything. Um, the fire department, the bomberos, um, had no money for gas for their trucks. They had no equipment to do search and rescue. Um, that's, this is life in a third world uh, country. That's uh, what it's like. And, and so it, it came upon Christians and um, even non-believers who have a heart for the people to give generously. Um, and so there were a lot of opportunities. Our church, um, this, this happened in June, and so it wasn't in the budget for the church. And that's one thing I wanted to mention um, about this topic is um, John talked about being able to seize the opportunities. Well, you have to prepare for those opportunities And we were guilty for years here, of creating our personal budget, but living right up to the max. And then when opportunities presented themselves, we couldn't do anything about it. And we're so, yeah, we couldn't we couldn't be generous. And and so we're thankful that our church, when we contacted them in June, they said, "How can we help?" And um, this church sent money so that, so that we could,
2: well, and so that we
1: could assist families.
2: A lot of the, the church sent money, a lot of, just so many of you stepped up and helped, and, and there were so many people praying, and, and I don't know, is Linda Fodrell in here? She, um, she, finds ways to get quilts sent down to us, and, I mean, just in so many ways, so many things that people have done that helped us to be able to um, come alongside, figure out, you know, get into these places and find out how can we help, you know, who can we um, start helping and building houses and getting getting basic things like a few beds in these, I mean, by houses, it's, they're super basic, but um, you know, grateful. It, yeah, and and like John was saying, it sometimes it starts with you giving your time. You know, we we go into certain villages and we teach English, so we've built relationships, and then from that you find you meet other people, and then it keeps going and it keeps going, and and it oftentimes the generosity starts with you giving your time, and then you as you give your time and you you meet people and you get into their lives and their homes and you see what their needs are, it creates a cheerful giving because you want, you see that need. And and there are a lot of times that we, you know, we just start digging and what do we have? You know, you just, you know, you find somebody who's deathly sick and, you know, let me get you some medicine. Let's get you to a hospital. Let's, you know, what can't, what can you do and it's just it's constant and the it's a cheerful you you want to give you want to be able to help um because you see as you as you give of your time and give of yourself god shows you those needs and um and the needs go on and on
1: we can progress the slide so this became this has become a normal road sign um when they shut the roads because the volcano is continuing to erupt. Um, and we can, we can go through pretty quickly now. Okay. So this is a family that our church has helped. This is a family that you have assisted. Um, this is the the grandmother uh, next to Sherry is Francisca. Uh, the two daughters, Hesley is the 13 year old and Henesis is seven. And, um, they, they were away. Their mother is at work right now. Um, she tends bathrooms at a market uh, for tips. Um, she works from 3 a.m. to 7 p.m., eight days in a row, and then gets a day off and then back at it. So she lives in a marketplace, um, scraping by. And there, they were away at a funeral, um, uh, by the grace of God, and, and their village was buried and so they have nothing. Um, a family member at this particular village, about 45 minutes away, um, gave them a little plot of property and our church built a house for them. Um, we can progress. So this is, um, this is the house next door. This is the family member um, right back here. The, the lousy looking metal is their kitchen uh, where they cook just over an open fire. Um, taking in about the equivalent of uh, two packs of uh, cigars a day with the smoke that comes in.
2: That's our next project is to get them a a smokeless stove, which is still burning over wood, but it vents it out so they're not, because the women are often dying of lung cancer really young.
1: So this is the, we're getting ready to pour the foundation. You can go ahead and progress. Um, this is a village. Uh, this is a village like the one that we were just in. Uh, the next slide. This is a village that we work in quite a bit. Also yeah, we built two homes there from money from the church some the and um, some individuals that sent money. It's a squatter's village. Um, this is how you mix the concrete, it's all manual.
2: volcanoes, when you've done mission trips, you know how fun that is. It's a lot of work. It's
1: a lot of work. Okay. This is um, Henesis again with corn that she was taking uh, to have ground, and they made tortillas tortillas. and made a lunch for us. They're incredibly grateful. Uh, The next, this is one of the the little girls, uh, one of the family members as well.
2: Their generosity. For us, that day was, or each day that you know, it was humbling, is super humbling because they, you know, they killed a chicken to make a soup, you know what I'm saying? Like, they don't have a refrigerator stocked full of stuff, so I mean, it's a big deal. And then you, you absolutely want to, okay, what can we do to, you know, to give back?
1: So, this is a common scene um, in the villages um, goats and cattle and horses. Um, it's you know pretty primitive. Uh, next slide. So this was the lunch that they prepared for us, um, the workers. Family members were assisting in the build, um, which is um, a little bit unique. A lot of times, um, Americans come down and just want to kill the project and you know nail it and and blow past everybody. And you really want to involve the Nationals, because they need some personal pride and ownership, and they worked as hard as we did. Uh, It was incredible. I think we got two more slides, and we'll call it. Blankets that Linda Fodrell provided for the family. Um, Nearly completed house, and Henesis wanted to give us something, so she was cutting the rolls of toilet paper and putting glitter and Making making an arrangement for us. They're giving also. And uh, we want to thank you. It's uh, pretty incredible. That's such a small sliver. There's so, so many ways um, that our church has been providing um, through the church and through you as individuals, and uh, it's uh, it's incredible. And we thank you.
0: Thank you, Richard. Sure. I appreciate it, brother. Hey, thanks. And these guys, you'll be here for about a month, right? So, yeah, we'll be catching up with you, but thanks. Would you join me in prayer? Father, we thank you for the gift, the indescribable gift that you've given us in Christ. And Jesus, you gave your all for us. You became poor that we might be rich. And now you've given us the joy of, of sharing in what you've given, given us to, and what you're doing here. And I thank you for rich and sharing. And just to hear of how you've provided for them. Lord, I pray, continue blessing over them. And now as we come and, and offer this Thanksgiving to you, our praise, our worship, our, uh, our gifts of, of what you've already provided as we do so with hearts full of joy and gratitude. Please bless our gifts and be blessed, we pray in Jesus' name.